Okay, gentlemen, good morning. Last week we mentioned that when it comes to Bedin that takes place on Rosh Hashanah, the Bedin that a person stands in front of Hashem, we explained that even an angel is not going to be successful if he comes in as an individual. We explained that as an individual, we're never going to be able to come and say we deserve life or we deserve any gifts, as we mentioned last week. And the only solution in the Bed-Din is to come in as part of the cloud, to come in as part of Am Yisrael. Those are not just words. It means a person has to be a person who is caring about the cloud and caring about others. The rabbi over here says, the mashgiach says, Amara mashgiach, Imagine you walk into a Bet Midrash and you have a thousand people there. That's not called a group. A thousand individuals in one room, even if they're learning together, but that's not called an am. I call the nation. Like we said, en melech belo am. You can't declare Hashem a melech if you don't have an am. So he says, if they're all together, they're not called the am. Harbeyahidim. If you have a lot of people, beli ahaba. Without love. Vehit kashrut, and they have a connection. Zelotzibur, which means you're not considered part of a group just because you're in a room with a thousand people, and even if you're all doing the same thing. Veadam beteva, hoshev rak al The nature of a person is he thinks only about himself. Veasuk im atzmo. And he is busy with himself from the morning till the night. A thousand individuals together who are busy thinking about themselves. They're not considered a tzibur. They're not considered a group. Which means that to become part of a group, to become part of Am Yisrael, it's not a question of you being together with people, physically. It's about being together with them mentally. The Mashgiach says some beautiful words. Amara Mashgiach. Adam olech lahatuna venoten matana. Ever happened to you? You go to 
wedding, give a gift. Nice. You care about the guy. You give him a gift to make him happy. With the gift, still, with all that, he's giving the guy a gift. He's still thinking only about himself. So why is he giving a gift if he's thinking about himself? He's doing it since he knows you cannot live within the social climate. You can't live separate from the group. Meaning, if you go to weddings or smahat and you don't get gifts, so you're considered out of the group. You're not considered part of the culture here. You basically separated yourself from the norm of what's done. So therefore you go and you give a gift. When you give a gift, why do you give a gift? He's saying, people, even when they give a gift, they're thinking about themselves, how they need to belong in this social climate. What do people do in this social setting? They give gifts when there's a wedding. So that's what you do. He says, It's like a child. He's, he's playing with other kids. Just because you're playing with others, it doesn't mean you feel the other. It doesn't mean you're thinking about the other person. It doesn't mean you love the other person. Not at all. What the Mashgiach is saying is that a person can actually be giving. A person can actually be doing for others. Yet really all he's doing is being involved with his, with his own thoughts. He's being involved with himself. He says, calls man, next paragraph, Shea Adam, lo so long as the person doesn't walk out of his four amot, doesn't step out of himself, he'll never be connected to the other person. And doesn't even see the other person. A person can live 70 years, 80 years. And you never really connected with another person, even once. You could live 80 years with people in your life. You could be married too. And you don't have this connection of feeling the other person. You're still in your Dalit Amot. If a person isn't going to work on this point of feeling the needs of the other, he is considered someone not connected to the community. 
He's not really connected to the Rabim, to the people around him. What he's telling us over here is, again, to go to Rosh Hashanah as an individual, it's a lost cause. To go in as a person who is part of the Tzibur, that is a guaranteed way to come out successful. But he's telling you, you can't be part of the Sibur if you're living within your Dalit Amot. If you think only about yourself, which is the norm. Not a, doesn't make you a bad person if you think about yourself only. That's the way we were born. And that's the way we live our lives for many, many years. Unless you make a hard stop. Unless you take initiative to start doing things. To show yourself that you're actually outside your Dalat Amor. That you're actually giving a gift to a guy because you want him to be happy. Because you feel the need to make him happy. You feel his need. This is a new way of living life. That when you see people, you don't say hello because that's the protocol of social life like most people when they say hello they say it so they don't look bad they say it so that others could see that they're normal that they are people who have etiquette that is again a person living within himself when you do things for others and you're thinking about yourself that's not called that you're part of the tzibur and this requires practice. If this is something that was not practiced in your life, then you can assume that the child in us has never graduated. This requires abodat, which means you could spend your whole life helping people. And it's no proof that you're part of the tzibur. Because it could be you're helping them because either it's expected of you, either because you want to raise yourself in their eyes, or you grew up in a home where that was the norm to help people. So you acted based on what you saw. You give charity, you get involved, you even teach Torah. But you're not part of the Tzibur. You're doing it for yourself. You're doing it selfishly. You never stepped out of your Dalit Amot. You teach people and you think about, look at how much I do. You help others and you look at yourself and you say, look how much I'm accomplishing. But you never actually felt the needs of the other guy. You never actually stepped out of your mind to think about what that person is thinking about. What that person might be lacking. You never felt his pain. You never felt his happiness. A person, he's telling you an unbelievable statement. You could sit in your Dalit Amot your entire life and never step out. Even when it comes to having your own children. Very often a great rabbi once said that when I saw my son in pain 
I felt a lot of pain for him. But it took me a long time to feel his pain. Yeah, that statement? <coughs> he says, when my son got hurt, he says, I felt pain for my son that's hurt. But it took me a long time to feel his pain. That means even as a father who feels pain for their children, it could still be your own pain because you love your children. So you are in pain for the things that you love. But you're still not feeling his pain. And you're still not seeing it from his eyes. And you're not, still not putting yourself in his shoes. You're not doing it. You're feeling pain because someone that you love is hurt. So you feel pain. But are you feeling his pain? Are you in his mind? Even loving parents. It's very possible. Loving parents who love and care for their children and do everything for their children could be still thinking about themselves. Because we see our children as an extension of ourselves. If they're failing, then we're failing. If they're successful, we're successful. If they look bad, we look bad. So very often our children become our own extension. So let that not be a proof that you feel pain when they're not successful. That means you're in their Dalet Amot, not a proof. Because you see them as part of your Dalet Amot. You're feeling the pain of your Dalet Amot. Because in your Dalet Amot, you have a wife, you have children, you have projects, you have all types of things you're involved in. You're never leaving your Dalet Amot. You're still in your Dalet Amot and you manage to bring people and projects and all types of beautiful things into your Dalet Amot. He says to step out of your Dalet Amot, to leave thoughts of yourself for a moment and to think about another person. That's something that a person could live his entire life. Now, he doesn't mean an entire life of a Rasha. He means you could live an entire life of being a good Jew, an entire life of doing kindness, an entire life of caring for others. 70 years and not once leave your Dalet Amot. To leave your Dalet Amot, you have to take real steps. It's not automatic. If you didn't take real steps in your life to do it, you can assume that you're from the guy who everything is in his Dalet Amot. What are you thinking about all day? Yourself. And even when you think about others, it has to do with you. If you didn't take initiative to make a change, so you can assume that this is who you are. How do you take that initiative? How do you do that? What exact, where do you start? Because according to what we just said, even if you start helping people, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means a lot to help people. But it doesn't mean that you stepped out of yourself. So what is it that you're supposed to do to be able to step out? 
to even look at your own son, forget strangers, to look at your own daughter, to look at your wife, to look at the people close to you, and for the first time in your life, to actually live where they are and not where you are. It could be the first time you ever did this. The answer is that you have to take time out of your day. It may not be something that you normally do. Usually we don't like to work on things. We feel working on things are for people in like elementary school. Elementary school, they give them projects. They tell them what to do. They have boxes that they check. And sometimes if they do well, they give them notes, mitzvah notes. But then when you talk to an adult and he says, listen, you got to practice. You got to do this. All of a sudden in his mind, he says, me, practice. I'm already mature. I'm already, look at, look at the business that I run. Look, look how much I make. Look how much I do. Now Allah, I'm going to practice. In his mind, he is way too hashub. To start practicing anything new. This is one of the make major failings of a human being. When he thinks that he's so accomplished. Because of certain things that happened to him in his life. But you have to know. Anything that is going to change in our lives. Especially something like this. Something so deeply rooted. Which is to think of ourselves all day long. Look at, look at your two year old son or your two year old grandson. Or your two-year-old great-grandson. Look at it like, look at him. You see, you see a person doesn't care about his mother. He could care less if his mother is up all night. If he wants to stay up again for another hour, he'll make sure to keep her up. He'll make sure to scream away to make sure everyone's taking care of him. He'll eat whatever he wants to eat. He cries whatever he wants to cry. His life is completely about himself. This is a child. That child is us. And it's never going to change. All we do, by the way, is when we get older, we just get smarter. We learn how to camouflage. A little kid is pure. He is who he is as you see him. As you get older, you realize it's not good to be selfish. They taught you in school to be selfish is ugly. Your parents told you being selfish is not a nice thing. When you started learning that, so you realize that you can't be selfish and people know about it. So what do you do? You make, you make sure you do things to show them you're unselfish. Now you start camouflaging all your selfishness with acts of kindness. Once in a while a person comes up, you stand up for him. Or once in a while you give him your seat. You ever see a guy give him a seat? Who's he thinking about when he gives him a seat? When he's, oh, he sees somebody important. He says, come, 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 take my seat. You know what he's thinking about? It, on, the, on the outside, it looks like a very, very kind person. Look, guy came. He's willing to sacrifice his seat for somebody else. But in his mind, what is he thinking? <laughs> Let people see that I'm not selfish. Let people realize that I'm really a good man. One day I might need a shidduch. One day my daughter might need to get married. They're going to say, oh, there's that guy that stands up for people. And he gives them the seat. And all of a sudden, 
you jump out of your seat. And everyone says, Whoa, what a man. What a man. Look at this guy. So unselfish, huh? Unbelievable. And this is not an exaggerated example. This is the reality, not just for giving up your seat. It's the reality for giving charity. You could be running a chesed organization for 20 hours a day and sacrifice your whole life to help people. And all 20 hours, you're sitting in your own Dalet Amot. And you're working on your project, project, your legacy, your whatever you want to call it. 20 hours a day. And then they see you in the chair and they honor you and they give you a, uh, a plaque. And they write on the plaque to Mr. Mr. Green. This is in order for us to appreciate or your unselfish behavior of the last 20 years. Your unselfishness is realized by all of us. We, you are our role model of unselfishness. And he takes the plaque and he looks at it. Again, a confirmation of his greatness. And everybody's lying to each other. He's lying to them. They're lying to him. He comes home. He lies to his children too. He puts the plaque up for his, his unselfish, unselfish, pure, pure, unselfish dedication to the community. And he puts it up on his wall right, with the blinking lights. Listen, Rabbi I didn't come here to make you feel bad. I came to tell you the reality of our lives. And by the way, don't think that the speaker talking to you is necessarily any better than you. I'm just... How do I know this, by the way? It seems like I know you pretty well. Because <laughs> I do the same thing, that's why. So, it takes one to know one. The goal is to realize that we're not part of the tzibur. We're not. Even if we do a lot for others, we're in our Dalet Amud. These words are so powerful that a person could live 70 years of a good life. He's not talking about a shaim. He could live 70 years of a great life and not once, not once, did he leave his Dalet Amud. These words are so profound and so hits the heart. And I'm telling you now that if you didn't practice and if we don't practice something else, it's not going to happen. What is that? What is the practice? The practice is that you have to take moments of your day, just a moment, look around you and just think about the person where they are. Take your son for a second, take your own son who you think you think about all day long. All day long I think about my family. All day long I worry about my kids. Stop. I want you to stop for a few minutes and just think where your son is. Think about how he feels. Think about what he's going through. Think about what he needs right now maybe from you. 
Take yourself out and ask yourself, what does that person think? Take a couple of minutes to just think about the other person. Think about your daughter. Think about your wife. Don't think about how much you love your wife. Think about right now what your wife is lacking. What your wife might be in pain from. What your wife might be needing from you. Think about that. Not about what you need to do for her. Think about what she needs done for her. Which you may be able to do. It takes a moment. A guy sits in shul. You see a person. And you just start looking at him. Someone that you know. And you think about what that person might be going through. In his situation. There is no other way. There is no other way in this area. Except to practice a few times a day, once or twice a day, maybe twice is too much. Let's do once a day, once a day. Take, and don't do it because I told you, so you could become a great man. Oh, the pound, back, you're back in the hole. The rabbi said, in order to be great, I have to think about another person. So let me stop and think about another person so I could be great. You understand? Oh, the pound, you fell in the board again. You fell in the same pit one more time. I know, it's done. That, that's the way, what, the, the way it's supposed to be is exactly what I told you. It's to start feeling the other person. And it takes abodah. But if every day you do one person and you start getting to feel that way, and especially when you do kindness for another person, you start putting yourself out. For example, you're giving the hatan a gift for the first time in your life. Stop for a moment and think how happy the Hatan is going to be when he is going to open your gift and card and see the money and give it to him with that, with that mindset. Instead of giving him with the mindset of, oh, let me be your let me fulfill my obligation to this guy. Think of what you're about to do for, the, for him. Think about how happy he will be, how much more elevated him and his wife will be when they, when they realize that they have friends like you that are caring for them. Every time we do something, to stop for a second when you give charity. Think about the needs of the person that you're giving and think about how you're taking care of those needs. Every time we do something, we should stop for a moment if we can. Maybe not always going to happen, but we got to start on it. We must start stepping out of our Dalit Amun. This is called being part of the tzibur. If we're not going to be part of the tzibur, we're not going to be matzliah the way we should. There's a lot of berachot that are waiting for us. There's a lot of berachah that Hashem has waiting for us. But we need to be part of the tzibur. Look at the story here in Nehemiah. In Nehemiah is a story when Israel Sofer found the people in Galut, in those days, you can imagine, they were just thrown out of Eretz Israel. They were lost. They had no synagogues. They had no, no, no uh, community. They had no yeshivot. They had nothing. When Am Israel left or were kicked out of Israel the first time, they went into Galut, into Babel, and they were completely lost. You have to imagine families with children, no education, no schools. No rabbis. 
There was no Bet Knesset. There was no nothing. The people were just, what? You ever see the Bedouins in the Midbar? That just on their own, they have no connection to society or mankind? Am Israel was all over the place. They have nothing. All of a sudden, Isra Sofer, he came and he opened the Sefer. He opened the book to try to give them some chokhmah. And that day was, it says, it was Beyom Ehad Lahodesh Ashevei. It was the first day of the seventh month. You know what that day is? Yeah. First day of the seventh month. You know what that day is? Anyone know what the first day of the seventh month is? Anyone know? Rosh Hashanah. The seventh month is Tishri. The first of the seventh month is Rosh Hashanah. Isra Sofer came to the people. They didn't even know it's Rosh Hashanah. They, they were so lost. They were so confused. They didn't even know it's Rosh Hashanah. He came to them on Rosh Hashanah. It says, and he started to teach them. He started to read. To educate them. It says they understood. You know what they did right away? After they heard the words of Isra Sofer. When they realized it's Rosh Hashanah. And they listened to the words that he was teaching them. I see they weren't bad people. They just were lost. They started crying. They started crying from the pain of their ignorance or how far down they become. Nehemiah and Ezra Asofer, they told the people, look at these words. They told them, Hayom Kadoshu Today is a holy day. Today is a special day. Altit Abelu. Not a day to have Abelut. Not a day to mourn. The Altif Ko, don't cry. So when they heard the words of Isra Sofet, it hit them in the heart. It was so, they were so broken from anything that was spiritual. They were lost. When they heard his words, it awakened their neshama. Sometimes a person who doesn't have Torah, I know by us, Baruch Hashem, we hear Torah all the time. When you hear words, they don't hit your soul the same way. Sometimes when a person never heard anything and all of a sudden he hears something, literally brings them to tears. It hits them. It's, uh, it's shocking. So he told them, don't feel bad, don't cry. We would have thought, what do you mean don't cry? They should cry. They should be in Avelut. It's a good thing. Don't, don't do that. He tells them, Lechu ichlu mashmanim, mamtakim, go eat. Go eat good food and go drink good drinks. And go give gifts to those who don't have. Mishloach Manot. Mishloach Manot. On Rosh Hashanah. Send gifts to those who need. Why? Ki kadosh hayom le'ladonenu. 
Because today is a day that's holy to our master. What does giving gifts? Matanot yonim. What does that have to do with Rosh Hashanah? He tells them, go eat, go drink, and go give gifts to those who need it. You know why? Because today is kadosh to our master. Ladonenu. What does that mean? What does giving gifts have to do with Rosh Hashanah? The answer, Rabotai, is that Rosh Hashanah is a day that we crown the Melech, that we crown Hashem as the King. And Melech Beloam. There's no king without a nation. When we start thinking about each other and we take care of each other, when we give Mishloah Manot to each other on Rosh Hashanah, when we take care of the other person's needs, we are becoming one nation. We are becoming a united body. It's like a family that's... How, how does a family... How does a family stay together? Or better yet, how do you know when a family has one father? How do you know people are part of the same family? When they act like brothers. When people act like brothers, they talk to each other like brothers, they cry for each other like brothers, they think about each other like brothers. When people act like brothers, so you know they have a father. When Am Yisrael is, look, is, is looking out for others, when you care and think about the needs of others, you're becoming an Am. Maybe he told you, you could be a hundred, a thousand people in the room together, learning Torah and the bad Midrash. But you're not an Am, you're individuals. And Melech Belo Am. There's no Melech, there's no king without a nation. You can't have a king over one individual. Individuals, there has to be an Am. So how does a person go through Rosh Hashanah and elevate himself? And become deserving of all the berachot. When he makes sure he's part of the Am. How do you make sure you're part of the Am? By stepping out of your Dalet Amot. Stepping out of your four Amot. Start at home. Start with your friends. Start once or twice a day. Start doing things and thinking about the other person. And less about ourselves. This makes us an Am. When I start worrying about you. And I start worrying about you, that means we're connected. It means I'm not only in my Dalit Amot, I jump to your Dalit Amot. We became together. And as we expand this arm, then there could be a Melech. So every time you say, Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, Hashem Melech, what are you saying? You're calling Hashem the King, he needs your proclamation. Hashem, of course, the Melech. When you say Hashem Melech, it means I'm doing my responsibility to make him a melech. How do I make him a melech? When I become part of the Amt. So it says, says Nehemiah and Ezra to the people, it's not a time to cry. It's not a time to go to Abilut. It's a time to reach out to those who need you. It could be your own fr brother, your own sister. It could be your own son and daughter, your wife. Those who need you, you have to reach out. And start for a moment to feel where they are and see what you can do for what they need. Have a beautiful day.